Hi, I'm co-host Lois Donkwa, and this is the 100 Alumni Voices podcast, Stories That Inspire, where we explore the personal and professional journeys of a diverse group of 100 doctoral alumni from Johns Hopkins University. Today, we're joined by Claire Zhao, PhD in Biomedical Engineering and current Associate Director at Pfizer. Hi, Claire. Hi, Lois. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So how are you doing today? Busy as usual. Busy day. Yeah. (laughs) Well, despite your busyness, I'm glad that you joined us. And I, to dive in then, I'm curious, what made you want to pursue a PhD in Biomedical Engineering and yeah, could you tell us more about your graduate work at Hopkins? For sure. So before I started with graduate at Hopkins, let me just touch a little bit um, on my undergrad work. So I'm an undergrad uh, at Waterloo. Uh, I got exposed to a lot of different experiences throughout industry uh, during for my co-op jobs. So I did six co-op jobs and I sampled a lot of biomedical related research areas uh, in hospitals or in biomedical related biotechs or other co- other, other companies. So I thought, you know, like so it's, it is such exciting field to be able to apply like a quantitative engineering background to, to something that will solve a biomedical problem. So that's why I pursued a PhD because also at the time that I kind of felt like with the undergrad education, even though it gets you pretty well in a lot of situations, but I think I wanted to go deeper because I, I discovered there is so much that I don't understand um, during my job and also schooling. And that's why I started um, doing my PhD. And during PhD, uh, biomedical engineering is the perfect program that combines like both the biomedical and medicine world as well as like the engineering aspect. Uh, quantitative thinking, all of that together in the same program, and Hopkins is definitely the place to do it. And then uh, I joined the Institute for Computational Medicine, um, and then in that, uh, I did my work under my advisor, Dr. Raymond Winslow, and where we did computational modeling of various cellular biology, especially in the cardiac cells. So yeah, that's basically where my thesis is. That's pretty cool. And I love how you started by sharing a little bit about how it was undergrad curiosity that led you to be interested in a PhD or in pursuing a PhD. And I'm curious then, while you were working on your doctoral work and during your PhD work, did you have thoughts about what direction you wanted to go in professionally while you were kind of working with your advisor and doing the different projects that you were working on? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, I guess going, for me, myself, going to industry, definitely you need to keep an open mind into the transition, whatever you want to do after graduation. But then I think the overall theme is I, I'm very drawn into like data analysis and also quantitative anal- analysis of some kind of a phenomenon where I can shed insight through this data approach. So I think 
that is the overarching theme and that led me to my current career path. I understand that. Yeah, it's for you, it was less about perhaps a specific topic, but you realizing that you liked doing a certain type of thing, which was presenting evidence and like making new inferences with data. Definitely, for sure. I, I think, I think you know, like, I guess one advice for a current PhD student is, you know, you can't be too specific, especially when you're cons- uh, transitioning to the industry, right? Because whatever you do in your thesis is very spe- specialized and uh, you may find a perfect match, but you, a lot of chances is that you may not find a perfect match on a specific topic. That's actually such good advice. And I think about um, something you stated was how it can be challenging kind of switching from industry. One, because of what you just said that your dissertation work is so specific, but um, what you do in industry may not be as specific. But I'm curious then, what was it like for you transitioning from being in an academic setting to then being in industry? And um, like, were all of your roles after graduation industry? And kind of what did that um, transition look like for you? Right. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie that it's going to, it's very difficult. Uh, everybody uh, graduating works long hours, right? So it's like, uh, no question about that. Um, but I think for me, um, it's more like you have a direction, you have a skill set, and you want to understand in what kind of field that your specific skill set and knowledge uh, give you a head start in certain things, give you an edge in certain things, right? So, but and then in terms of industry, I think a lot of factors influence your specific project. I think a lot of, you know, marketing factors or the uh, current situation, like um, like public health situation for a pharma or other factors will influence your project. And there is a top down, top down influence rather then PhD, a lot of work are self-driven is, is more like a bottom-up discovery process, right? And given that situation, uh, you have to be flexible and always address that unmet need that uh, you agree with that are driven from a more global view. Um, I think that is my perspective. I understand that. I I So something I'm curious about then is, how did you kind of prepare yourself to enter into a non-academic space knowing that it would be like opposite basically? <laughs> so I guess I had exposure to the industry as an undergrad so I had six jobs in the industry um, and then so that really going into the PhD I'm pretty I'm pretty open to actually going into the uh, industry path rather than pursuing uh, academic life. So I, I'm actually mentally prepared, uh, maybe maybe more than most people given my past experience. And then I think um, I think it's during that transition you have to definitely the basic set is really sharpen out your resume and really understand what exactly is your skill set and what exactly is translatable from a basic research setting to a more applied research setting. And um, what is your past experience that can make you have an advantage uh, over people with other skill sets? 
Yeah, that's such a good point. You mentioned two things that really stuck out to me. So really the difference between basic research and applied research, but then also remembering, like remembering our uniqueness. Um, I think the first one that I want to dig into more is entering a space or kind of how how we can think about transitioning from doing basic research to then being in a more applied setting. And I'm curious, like what advice you have, but then also how did you, um, like, I know that you said you had experience in the past, but coming fresh off the heels of doing dissertation work, like what are the things that are striking to you that you have to relearn how to do if you're in an applied setting? Yeah, I think first of all, during PhD, you have a lot of time to do what you have and you pretty much only have your thesis to worry about uh, at work. You, uh, you, the, the turnaround time for deliverables are much shorter, right? And also you have a lot of priorities to deal with. So I think that is one thing that you need to keep in mind of. Um, yeah, sorry, what was the other question? <laughs> Well, no, yeah, that was what I was, that was what I was curious about, like how we, how you deal with being in a more applied space. And you bring up good points that during your dissertation, that's literally what you have to do. So you have more time to do like trial and error and stuff like that. But then at work, um, even if it is a research role, you just have more responsibilities, it sounds like. Yes, for sure. So basically, uh, I think like a research setting, you can worry a lot about like methodology design, all the uh, theoretical stuff, and also worry about uh, very basic science uh, questions or investigation of a natural phenomenon. At work, uh, you're more like uh, there are hundreds of possibilities I can possibly address this question. I have limited resources. How do I select a method, even though it's probably not all that innovative from an academic point of view, but can deliver the most result with the limited resource I have and how much impact I can potentially have on the questions being asked? I think that's very important. It's a very question and result driven environment. Oh, I see. That's helpful to, uh, thank you for kind of clarifying more a little bit. So it's it's really about impact. And I think that it goes on kind of the second question I had then that was about really when you're trying to enter a space that's more applied instead of um, investigation focused, like being able to highlight how you're maybe different than other people that are in the space and how you're kind of providing value since it seems like in industry roles, it's very focused on impact and added value and things like that. For sure, for sure. And and given that, I'm just saying like in academia, it's definitely people are handling a lot of challenges, early discovery, right? In industry, you're already, the earliest discovery stuff has already worked. And in industry, you're taking other people's results and advancing them another in, in another direction where since such as scalability, right? So you're kind of working at different phases of the problem as well, if you look at it that way, yeah. That's actually, so I love how you mentioned kind of it's about diff working at different phases. And then, so something I'm curious about then is how, like, what are, what does like your day-to-day -day look like then? And like, 
what are the exciting parts about you being at a different phase of the research process in your current role? Um, I think it's about uh, surprise problems, right? Like a lot of times you don't think certain things would be a challenge, but actually implementation is actually a lot of challenges. And then um, you not only have to think about uh, the problem being solved at a smaller scale uh, with very smart, specialized people, but you also have to think about how the problem will scale when you are handling all sorts of uh, heterogeneous use cases and situations and infrastructures and special needs of different people who may receive your solution. Yeah, it's what's funny is that while you were talking, it was making me think about how it's important to be able to pivot. And um, a thought that I had right after that was how like the pivoting is something that we learn during our PhD work too, but it's it's interesting to see the ability to respond to things that are out of your control, but like have that show up in a work setting. Yeah, you know what? I, I love the word pivot that you just said. I think it's what we constantly do at work, and sometimes we don't even think about pivoting anymore. Uh, I think it's really make the situation work for you, right? Because uh, in a PhD setting, uh, you should be and you are the pretty much sole driver of your own work. That's the nature of um, investigation and PhD in most situations. At work, you may have hundreds of people who are trying to um, contribute to the grand goal and how do you um, pivot and adapt yourself and uh, work with others in this situation is very important. Yeah so then I actually the question I have for you then is like how how do you pivot when you're working with hundreds of people and everyone's involved in the same product but in different ways? For sure. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I definitely have the right mindset. So I have that entrepreneurial mindset um, where you are not afraid of changes, right? That's sometimes difficult to have because that means uh, a lot of times you may have to ditch what you had originally uh, to come up with something new in certain situations. But, and also, I think it's also how you position your skill set and so that you can think about win-win situations with other parties so that you can deliver on the same goal uh, using like different unique aspects and outcomes that each different party contribute to make uh, the story more holistic, to make your results more holistic. Uh, I love that. I'm such a fan of kind of like teamwork and collaboration and um, having different stakeholders working together. So um yeah, I get that that's that would be both surprising, but also the fun, the fun part of working in the space that you're in as well. So I'm curious then, what advice would you give someone who was interested in your career career field or a career that looks like yours? Um, I think it's definitely to first of all develop a very strong core skill set um, that makes you comfortable in the discipline uh, itself. Uh, and then definitely, I would say, you know, network, get to know the industry, get to know the people, um, being exposed to real world problems and understand the limitation of your skill set so that you're open to opinions of other people. 
Yeah, that's such a good point. Just the highlighting about understanding the limitations of your skill set, because we're as people, we're not um, good at everything, or we're not able to do absolutely everything. But having that awareness helps us be able to respond to criticism well, but then also know what roles are for us or what roles are are not for us. Yes, I think that is definitely something also very challenging at work, right? Because being a very smart Hopkins PhD student, you're very capable and you're very driven and you like to do a lot of things. Um, but I think uh, at work and especially as you advance and to be more specialized, I think a lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts needs to go into this space to make sure that you're not overspreading your energy and really uh, work with others who are actually experts on certain areas. Yeah. That's such a good point. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned being entering certain types of people are very capable. Yes. But then as you grow more senior in spaces, recognizing your limitations is so important to be able to keep showing up fully in whatever role you have. Absolutely. So as my last question, I am curious what inspires you right now? Um, what inspires me? I think I think it's seeing my work actually makes an impact in all the decision making that has been happening. Um, rather than, uh, you know, I publish a paper and people cite it and that's the end of the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I love that. Just really seeing your work be a part of important change. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Claire, it's been so wonderful to kind of hear more about you and have you share with us today. Thank you so much for joining and chatting. Oh, thank you.